Hey there, it's Colin Weston, host of the Mod Golf Podcast. We are currently working very hard putting together another 12 episodes for Season 6 for you, which will be launching next week. But in the meantime, we thought we'd give you a recap of Season 5 to give you a quick taste of all 12 episodes that we released last season. In case you missed any of them, this will give you a great opportunity to very quickly figure out which ones you'd really like to listen to. So over the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a quick taste from each episode. And if you like any of these, or if you like them all, please go back to our show page at mod.golf, where you can find all these episodes in our back catalog to listen to. So spring is finally here, and as you're ready to spend more time outside, and hopefully that includes playing some golf, I also hope you have the opportunity to listen to an episode or two of the Mod Golf Podcast. Over the course of Season 5, we got out on the road again, and we went to the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando. I had the opportunity to speak at what we called the Golf Innovators Panel, where I had four of my previous guests talking about their innovation and entrepreneurship journey, and I also had a chance to do a live Mod Golf Podcast radio show. Speaking of the PGA Show, our first Season 5 guest was someone I met at the PGA Show in Las Vegas back in August. That someone was Joanne Cloak, founder and CEO of JoeFit. After my brief conversation with Joanne in Las Vegas, I had to invite her on as our episode one guest. Here's the trick to a startup. When you start a business, it's just you and you have to ask anybody you know to help you. So it's usually just friends. You're not really looking for the most talented people in the industry at that point because they wouldn't hop on your train for all the tea in China. So I started with a few friends and got it to the point where it was operable. Okay, so we have accounts, we're selling, we're making garments. So it's really starting to roll. Women are understanding what we're doing. The fit is great. And I realize the more success we found, the more ambitious I got. And the more ambition I got, the more I realized I need smarter people than me. I need a lot more smarter people than me. So where we're at at this point, through a million mistakes, we have a team now that is experienced, has been there and done that before I even thought of going there and doing that. So I have really smart people, analytical people, people who calm my ass down and make me focus. I have people who could be licensed psychiatrists having to deal with me. But we have one hell of an operation, thanks to the funding from my partner that helped me get to the point where I could get through all those mistakes and find a team that can get us to where we want to go. The great thing I love about Joanne is her tell it like it is style. She is one of the most resilient and tenacious entrepreneurs that I've ever met, who also has an awesome sense of humor. In episode two, I spoke with Jared Williams, who is a member of We Are Golf's Millennial Task Force and the Golf USA Tea Time Coalition. I learned a ton from Jared's episode, which we called Embracing Technology and Diversity to Create a Bright Future for Golf. What was happening with this relationship was that there was a growing concern amongst golf course operators, owners, and PJ professionals that some of the vendors didn't necessarily have golf course friendly practices and that they were making a lot of money at the expense of the golf course owners and operators. And it had been described almost as a parasitic relationship. There was just a very contentious sense of things and there was a growing tension between, there's a divide between the vendors and those that own the inventory, you know, the, the operators and the PJ professionals. And we're just trying to decide 
what do we need to do? How do we fix this? And so in 2015, the NGCOA came up with some guidelines for online tea time distribution. And they brought me in to take the original guidelines and update them, turn them into standards for online tea time distribution. Things that could be a step up from a guideline, something that you could hold the vendors accountable to. And really what the Tea Time Coalition wants to do ultimately is to become the consumer reports of the golf industry with regard to online tea time aggregators and software providers. So we want to make sure that owners and operators and PJ professionals have all the information they need so that when they evaluate this thing on a, an annual basis or whenever they're up for renewal, they're able to say, hey, this has been a profitable relationship for us or this hasn't worked out for us in the way that we originally thought. As part of my efforts to create a golf innovation task force, I was introduced to our next guest, who is Mike Zisman, who is the CEO and founder of Golf Genius Software. Mike is one of those entrepreneurs that has decades of experience, having started many successful companies. And in fact, one of Mike's first companies back in the 1980s was responsible for creating a little something we call email. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur and want to hear from someone who has created a startup the right way on several occasions, you got to listen to this episode. I will say this, having been in the enterprise software space for, for literally 40 years, and people laugh at me, but it's true. This is the hardest technical problem I've ever tackled because it's very unstructured. 90% of our cycles are on the golf problem as opposed to, well, how do we print PDFs? How do we handle support tickets and stuff like that? It makes a huge difference. You can be incredibly productive. And in our particular business, our secret sauce is the domain expertise we have in golf. We have coincidentally 24 people who are PGA golf professionals, and we have 24 people who are world-class computer scientists who know golf because they've been doing it forever. You bring those together, it's very, very powerful. I had such a great connection with Mike Zisman after the episode that we continued our conversation on for months afterwards. And as our relationship deepened and we realized the alignment between Golf Genius and the Mod Golf Podcast, Mike offered to come on as one of our sponsor partners. So I'm very proud to announce that Golf Genius Software is officially a Mod Golf Podcast sponsor partner. As season six rolls on, you'll be hearing more interesting, compelling stories about the creation of Golf Genius and the golf customers that they serve to build elegantly simple solutions to solve complex golf tournament problems. In episode four, we switched gears a bit to explore one of my favorite topics, which is virtual reality, mixed reality, and augmented reality. I sat down with Dogu Taskaran, who is the CEO of Stambul Studios, who is on the forefront of commercializing VR and AR solutions. I love this conversation where we explore how virtual reality will influence the future of golf. We're huge on location-based entertainment, but we can do so much more by utilizing virtual reality in these. We can take you from Austin to Seattle to Phoenix if you want it and experience different courses, all of that by just staying within the same area and have a much more interesting experience over there. And we can create different types of games, like think about creating a physical game at one of these venues. Changing the rules of the game requires uh, different modifications unless everything is all digital. And virtual reality is enabling us to provide that as it is its nature. With augmented reality, if you don't want to take people to a virtual world because some people don't want to put on goggles, with augmented reality, we believe it's going to be a little more natural. It's going to be more like a regular pair of glasses. 
that you put on and it is all digitally enhancing your experience. As you hit the ball, you can see the speed of the ball all highlighted on your glasses, for example, as you're looking out into the venue in real time. Episode 5 took us back to the present day and my conversation with Steve Rosen, who is the general manager of Indian Wells Golf Resort. Indian Wells has been very entrepreneurial and they've created a golf experience called Shots in the Night, which is powered by technology, laser projections, and games that are created from one of my previous guests, Dave Schultz with Nextlinks. I often get frustrated going to the different conferences and talking to different people about what's wrong with golf and we need to grow the game of golf. Well, you hear golfers talking about it, thinking as golfers and the challenge is they can't get out of their own way. And what we've done is unknowingly, we've put golf clubs and balls in front of people and golf for those that are non-golfers can be a very intimidating, threatening sport. And what we've done is we've made it fun. And before you know it, you're having a blast and you're using that club and you're putting or you're attempting to drive on our range and it's okay to miss, you laugh. But the reality behind it is it feeds you. You want to go back to it. And, and I am a believer. I believe we are growing this game player by player. One thing leads to another. They're having fun. They're laughing. And next thing you know, they want to come back and maybe take a lesson. Or they want to come back and really understand the game. With episode six, we return to showcasing women entrepreneurs, where I had the pleasure of speaking with Gia Bokerlevsky, who is the founder of Golf Experiences for Her. Within the startup space, Gia is what is known as a mompreneur a woman who is balancing the demands of home life with children with the startup that she's building. Being a mom has been my biggest challenge and being a mom in the golf space is really hard because I want so much to keep my career going and I want so much to be able to, to work, but the golf world and the golf job, being on, on a lesson tee eight to 10 hours a day, six days a week, doesn't work in my world. So that's where golf experiences for her came. It came out of this need and this want to be able to keep my career going and keep the love of teaching and the love of these other passions that I want to incorporate, but keep being a really great mom and putting my family first. So that's been at the forefront of all of this. My secret sauce is, yes, I like that it's me. I'm the one that's there that's overseeing the whole day, that's really giving the women the extra attention and, and love that they need that day. But I show them why their golf swing looks this way and that it's okay. I give them permission to be able to move that way. And it's amazing, light bulbs go off. When I'm able to show them the difference between the two and just make a couple adjustments, their golf ball goes up and you should see them. They're jumping and clapping and it is so exciting to see that happen. And in such a short period of time, that makes me feel so good and it makes them feel good, which is most important. With the release of the new rules of golf, I decided to do a bit of a spin on the topic. From YouTube videos to other podcasts, lots of people are doing a great job describing what the rule changes are, but we wanted to dig deeper and I wanted to explore the collaborative process behind the creation of the new rules of golf. So I reached out to Dale Jackson, who is the USGA and RNA Joint Rules Committee Canadian representative. Dale spent the last five years helping shape and craft the rules that we now have to play with. And I think you'll find his insights into the process and the decisions that were made quite fascinating to listen to. Certainly one of the main activities of organized golf, not just the RNA, but the USGA, although they lead the world in this, is to address slow play in golf, to address the pace of play. And there's a tremendous amount of work being done outside the rules. But we did want to make sure that the rules, to the extent they could, would encourage a better pace of play and to eliminate anything that might be slowing down play. 
While they still held together really well, they're extremely well written, there was a feeling that it was time to take a fundamental look at the rules of golf. And there was a feeling that some of the penalties that were being applied were not really fair to the player. There were times when players were receiving two-stroke penalties when really they weren't gaining a real advantage. So we wanted to make a penalty system fairer to the player, eliminate any of the traps for the player. And then I guess the final point I would make is we wanted as much as possible to not have the rules as an entry barrier to new golfers. We wanted them to be able to pick up the game quickly and not be stressed out by this complicated code that we have right now. As a lead-up to the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando, I spoke with Mark Simon, who is the Event Vice President of PGA Golf Exhibitions and the PGA Merchandise Show. The annual January PGA Merchandise Show is the mecca for golf professionals, with over 40,000 professionals descending upon Orlando every year, with over 1,000 exhibitors showcasing their latest offerings. Our conversation focused on the entrepreneurial side of what the PGA Show promotes, as they are creating the innovation lab for the golf industry. We want the show to be looked at as a lab for innovation and where any new company or new entity would come to debut their product. We're actually working with a group called Hype Sports this year, the Hype Innovation Challenge for startups. That's a new Shark Tank style competition where startups will be able to pitch. Then the judging panel will select winners. The new product zone is really a lab where somebody can really see all of the new products and the new innovations that are on display during the show. The content and the products that are on display and grouping them in a clear and concise way for attendees to navigate easily, that in itself fosters innovation. Programs that are out there to grow and to evolve the game are really starting to have an impact. And we're seeing a lot more optimism this year, both from our buyers and from our exhibitors. Yeah, I think the future looks bright. Episode 9 is part 1 of my recap of the PGA show, where I spent 4 days in Orlando, uncovering the most interesting and innovative people and products that were on display. You'll hear a couple of engaging interviews from my live radio show there, and one of the highlights was speaking with Alain Hadar, who is the co-founder of Hype Sports Innovation. Hype Sports Innovation created and hosted the Global Golf Innovation Challenge, which brought together 10 golf startup companies for a one-day Shark Tank-like pitch competition. I had the chance to speak to both Alain and Fabio Perel, who is the CEO and founder of GolfBoo, who is the winner of the Global Golf Innovation Challenge. But I do want to start, Alain, if you can give our listeners here and the folks walking by what's going on with not only uh, Hype Sports Innovation, but also, and most importantly this week, uh, the Global Golf Innovation Competition. Yes, thank you for uh, having me. Um, on a nutshell, uh, Hype is connecting sports and innovation. We are empowering startups everywhere for the benefit of the sport technology ecosystem. So um, we were approached uh, six, seven months ago by the PGA to arrange another competition. Hype already arranged 30 competition uh, alongside the NBA final, NFL draft. FIFA World Cup and so on. Our uh, experience in arranging such competition is vast, but we never had a golf one and we thought, yeah, why not go for it? Uh, Launched it about uh, four, six months ago and the feedback was great. We had uh, about 200 uh, companies replying. We have considered about 90 which were relevant and down selected it to the 10 winners that performed yesterday in in front of many good uh, judges. And Fabio was the one that won with Golf Boo, and uh, we were very happy about that. Absolutely. So I've gotten Fabio to get to know you a little bit by some conversations we've had. So since it was a pitch competition, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You should have this down by now. I'm sure the last three days you probably could do it in your sleep now. Give us the Golf Boo pitch. In English or Spanish? <laughs> uh, 
Either, Either way. way. You okay. So listen, thank, again, thanks for having us on the show. Fantastic. Of course. And yeah, golf, we basically, kayak, Trivago, Travelocity yes. uh, is the tr Trivago of golf. We are the comparison website of golf, real-time prices, real-time availability, multiple platforms, amassing it all together. Just what happened in the hotel, hotel and the airline industry at over a decade ago, uh, is what we bring to golf, which will, it's not a question of if, we believe it's a question of when it will happen in the industry of golf. Interesting. With Golf Booth, when did you launch this? When did you come up with the idea and when did you actually launch the we product? We founded the company in 2014. Uh, we launched our first uh, functionality of V1, should we say, in 2015. And we've grown every year since. Adding functionalities, investing in technology, in the software, um, in the back end of the product, you know. And so we, we've grown 23.4% year on year on average. Wow. And we've come to this stage here where we are today, looking now for the right investor, the right strategic partner to take us global. The idea is we are EMEY today. Yes. The idea is to open in North America this year, next year in Asia, and by 2021, hopefully it will be the global golf travel platform. That was an excellent pitch. You win. Oh, wait, you already did win. So you win twice here. I had so many interesting conversations at the PGA show that I had to break it up into two parts. So episode 10 continued the theme of innovation, entrepreneurship, and community building within the golf industry. There's some great conversations in this episode, but one of the best had to be with Azucena Maldonado, who is the founder of Latina Golfers. I love my brief conversation with Azucena so much that I've invited her back to be a full episode guest. The plan is to have her back for season six, so stay tuned for that one. Latina Golfers Association is a movement that we started 10 years ago to welcome women and Latinas in particular to the world of golf. In these 10 years, and we're so proud to be celebrating 10 years in the world of golf, we have just in Southern California alone enlisted 1,500 members. Wow. And these are hard members. These are women that we have touched, women that have come to our golf clinics, our golf lessons, our golf outings. We even do golf tournaments for women. But I'll tell you my story. I am not a person that grew up in the world of golf. I didn't know anything about golf prior to Latina Golfers Association. I am an immigrant from Mexico, so uh, golf is really not in my field of reference. And then one day, when I moved to California 15 years ago, soon after that, a gentleman invited me on a date. And on our second date, Miguel Fernandez, an avid golfer, took me to the golf course. Uh -huh. And... He took me to the putting green. He purchased a putter for me and he showed me how to putt. And at that moment, I fell in love with the game. So for three years that I dated Miguel Fernandez, a crazy avid golfer, I was immersed in the world of golf. That's all we did. He was so committed to teaching me that he would take me literally three times a week to the golf course to teach me how to play golf. So I was immersed in the world of recreational golf. I had a blast. I loved it. All I wanted to do was get my handicap down. I just wanted to play, 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 play. That's all I did for three years in my social life, right? And then after three years of playing golf, someone invited me to play in a charity golf tournament. I had no idea what it was. I knew it was a little bit confident in my game at that point. So I attended and I was totally blown away. I was amazed that there was this atmosphere of people that are professionals in the business world who were having an amazing time all around golf and doing business and nurturing relationships all around golf, which was my number one love at that time. 
So I just fell in love with it. And I said, oh my God, this is amazing. But what was glaring to me in that tournament, and at that point I started playing in many golf tournaments, charity tournaments. Right. And I realized that there was always a field of over 100 men and a handful, if that many women, and fewer Latinas at that. Initially, I thought, oh my gosh, what is going on here? What's because I, I didn't know, I only knew golf as a recreation, right? I didn't understand the golf industry, what was going on. I just knew that I loved it and I wanted more women to take advantage of what was happening at these business golf outings. So at that point, I said, you know, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to do something about it. And I started Latina Golfers Association, and that was 10 years ago. I didn't know what I was doing. I was not connected to the world of golf. I was just a recreational golfer that saw a need. And I guess I am instinctively an activist. And I said, I've got to do this. And it has blossomed since then. In episode 11, we really dug deep into innovation on the technological side, as my guest was Matt Pringle, who is the Senior Director of Research, Science, and Innovation with the USGA. We called this engaging episode with Matt, creating a lean startup culture of entrepreneurship through experimentation. So we're now up to a team of five, but we're doing some fun and exciting things. And, and we like to think of ourselves as sort of a scrappy startup within the USGA. So you mentioned the lean startup. And I think the premise of the lean startup is to be able to start with a very minimally viable product, very low risk, and actually put it into market and see what happens. And that's, that's what we did. So we spent a few thousand dollars on loggers rather than a few hundred thousand dollars. And we didn't have to stand up a support team. We're kind of faking it internally and seeing what happens. And we've been able to then, if we let 100 golf courses know we have this service and 10 take us up on it, well, now we've got a real answer about what the likely market market penetration might be. And more importantly, we've got a manageable number of customers that we can actually conduct in-depth interviews to before and after the case and ask them questions about what they felt was compelling about the service and what value it brought to them. And we can tell stories about their experience and improve our product offering in the end and set us up in a much better way for scaling the service if we do think it looks like something that the market would like to take advantage of. And, right. and so, so far that's been a very helpful and informative process and it, it means we can do something cheap and fast. And if we do fail, we fail without having a whole lot of negative consequence. And then we can decide to either go back and retool that effort based on our feedback or pivot to a new offering, or if we decide that this was a good idea, but it just doesn't have legs, well, then we can move on to the next thing. To wrap up our dozen episodes that made up season five, I finally had the chance to sit down with someone that I've been looking to speak to for over a year. And that someone is Lawrence Applebaum, CEO of Golf Canada. Lawrence is an inspiring thought leader, provided us with lots of great insights of how Golf Canada is helping innovate and evolve the game to attract new people to the game by creating golf moments that matter. What we in the collective governance of golf is it being really prescribed and determined in being welcoming as a sport. We want to try and take the obstacles down. Golf is a sport, unfortunately, that it's born in rules and born in things to do and not to do. And we have a responsibility to take those obstacles down. I went by a, an older golf course and it had a sign up right walking into the driving range and it said, nobody under 13 allowed over here. Anyone under 13 not permitted. 
permitted. And you just sort of think that's exactly the old school of thinking is juniors not being able to play or under the age or not being permitted. And what we're trying to do is figure out ways to make people feel comfortable on the golf course, right. feel welcome. And that might be by structure or by setup or by lowering economic obstacles. And that's a real part of our mandate at Golf Canada. And our goal is to be a really financially sound national sport federation, providing great programs, great platforms, for people to engage with the sport and continue to bring joy to people's lives in some small way. Well, I hope you found at least one or two episodes that you want to go back and listen to now that you've heard a little bit from all 12 of our previous season five guests. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be launching season six in another week or so. So stay tuned for that. To make sure you get the alert, please subscribe to the Mod Golf Podcast so when we drop that, you'll be ready to hear it. I'm very excited to bring you our first episode of Season 6, and that is my conversation with Professor Rene Morbone, who is the co-author of Blue Ocean Strategy and Blue Ocean Shift. In previous episodes, I referred to innovative golf companies that have embraced Blue Ocean Strategy as their business methodology and their secret sauce. In a nutshell, Blue Ocean Strategy is creating new products, services, and experiences that unlock an ocean of non-customers in your industry, rather than fight with your competitors over a shrinking market. I again want to welcome our new sponsor partner, Golf Genius Software, and over the course of Season 6, you'll learn more about them. I also want to thank our other sponsors, Nextlinks and British Columbia Golf, that without their continued support, we wouldn't be able to bring you these golf entrepreneurship and innovation stories. All right, I've got to get back to helping the team edit some podcasts for you. I hope you tune in next week for Season 6. I'm your host, Colin Weston. If you'd like to start a conversation and tell us your thoughts about the Mod Golf Podcast, you can find us on Twitter, at Mod Golf Podcast, and also on Facebook. And hey, you can email me directly at Colin, C-O-L-I-N, at ModGolfPodcast.com. If you do, I promise to get back to you. Bye for now.